Well, it looks like you all hated me so much that you've given me this award for it. That it can be about the performance and not the politics. This moment is so much bigger than me. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. And thank all of you who voted for me and all of you who didn't, please excuse me. I deserve this, thank you. Hello and welcome back to Academy Queens. Dear God, look down with pity on this miserable company of sinners. I'm Brandon Stanwyck. And first you meet and then you teach. I am Joey Gentile. And we are here today with a special bonus Patreon episode, an episode that our patrons voted on us to cover. That is uh, the Ladies of 1966. So pretty... uh, Pretty decent crop of ladies, some uh, familiar names and some other ones who are making their first and only appearance competitively here at the Oscars. So uh, how do you feel about this crop? Well, first of all, this is a lot better crop than 1963. Um, Mm -hmm. That is for sure. Uh, I will say, though, it's kind of funny that you guys, um, for our patrons, you guys love the 60s. This is, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we're almost finished with this decade here. And it's so funny because it's like every time we give you guys the four to vote on. We're like, well, maybe they'll go director this time, or maybe we'll do a ranking. Nope, we're back to the 60s. So at this point, I'm ready to finish out strong for you guys. And um, yeah, uh, regarding the the lineup, though, this is such an interesting lineup because it's like you have classic films, you have films that are pretty hard to find, mm-hmm. and then you have probably next to Kathy Burns, the most mysterious Oscar nominee ever in the form of Jocelyn Lagarde. Right. Because this is Hawaii was her first and only film performance. And nothing is, there's no photos of her. And there's no videos of her. Like the only way to catch us, uh, anything of her is from the photo I posted on the AQ Twitter page, which was a screen cap from the YouTube video of Sandy Dennis winning this Oscar. I mean, she's mysterious as hell. Right. She wasn't exactly an actress. So I don't know how much she really wanted to be one post uh, Hawaii. So I guess that makes sense why she's so um, elusive. We'll get to it too, but it's so funny because she was kind of the front runner of the supporting ladies to yeah, win. Yeah, in a way. Cause, yeah, because she won the Golden Globe, and it's so interesting to know that if she had won this Oscar, like she would have, <laughs> she would have grabbed it and dipped. Uh, do you want to go first with our guesses, or do you want me to? Uh, you can go ahead and start. All right. Um, I think, I think. well, this would be interesting as hell. Um, I think you're actually going to go with Jocelyn Lagarde for supporting. Um, I, I think that's a nice little left field win for you. For lead, I'm not too sure. I feel like Liz Taylor would be, quote unquote, the obvious answer, but you know what? I'm going to go with Ida Kaminska. I want to see you go really random this uh, this year. Okay. Um, not entirely positive, but I think in supporting, I think you'll go Jocelyn Lagarde in Hawaii. Um, in lead, um, I don't know why Anouk Ami is standing out in my mind, but for some reason I see you going for Kaminska. So I guess I'm going to go Kaminska and Lagarde as well Ooh, so we are both guessing the possibility of the same outcome here 
But um, uh, just because it came out and caused a big splash recently, I want to get your quick opinion. Um, a fan of WAP? What do we think? Have you heard it? Have not heard it yet. How have you avoided WAP? I'm not really a music person. Like, I haven't even listened to the new Taylor Swift album or the new uh, Beyonce thing on Disney. Like, I'm just... I'm kind of removed from the music world, so all I really know is the the memes that I see on Twitter. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that covers that. <laughs> well, what do you think of it? I mean, I like it. I think it's stupid, but it's, like, fun stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's also funny, too, because I think this, is, this became the song of the summer instantly, especially because there is no summer 2020, and, like, there hasn't really... I mean, maybe Rain On Me was the beginning summer of 2020 song, but I think this is a good end cap. I don't know. It's fun. Okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, uh, to jump back another 30, 40 years, I watched a really interesting movie on Turner Classic uh, last night that I really enjoyed uh, called The Mad Miss Manton. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, of course, a Barbara Stanwyck film that I hadn't seen. So when it was on Turner, I had to watch it. And I greatly enjoyed it. It's a little... Um, rom-com whodunit pre-noir that she did between Stella Dallas and Ball of Fire, those two nominations. It's very funny. Uh, She and Henry Fonda uh, have great chemistry. This is before they did the Lady Eve together. I laughed out loud several times, and I'm not one to laugh, as you know. I'm kind of (laughs) a cold-hearted person who just smirks and goes, mm, that was funny. But I laughed out loud many times watching this one. Uh, so if you can catch it on Turner Classic, I believe it's on the TCM Watch app for another, like, two weeks. So if you have that app, it should be on there. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Was that the um, basis of your RKO tweet last night? Yeah, yeah. So well, I, 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 honestly, I honestly always liked RKO. As a Hollywood studio, um, I feel like it never, it doesn't get talked about enough. It's always, you know, Warner and Paramount and Fox and all that and Disney. RKO always kind of gets forgotten because I think it was sort of the first to kind of go away after a while. I'm not an expert on the studio history, but um, I tend to gravitate toward the RKO films. Uh, They're pretty good. I love their horror films also, uh, but this one's also pretty good. Uh, The Mad Miss Manton. Yeah, I, I think RKO brought out some amazing, amazing films. Um, it's so funny when you think of, like, studios that went under, like, RKO and Vestron and all that. They actually, like, produced some classic movies. Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder why they went under. I believe it was uh, they were acquired or something like that. I'm not a historian. I'm sure someone will tweet at us with the, with the Wikipedia history. But um, I believe there was some acquisition going on, and then there was mergers, and eventually it just kind of disappeared. Boo. But, are you ready? Yeah. All right. Okay, so, uh, your supporting actress nominees from 1966 were... Vivian Marchand in Alfie. Geraldine Page in You're a Big Boy Now. Sandy Dennis in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Wendy Hiller in A Man for All Seasons. And Jocelyn Lagarde in Hawaii. All right, let's start with our winner for the year, Sandy Dennis, winning for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? This is her first and only win and first and only nomination. 
going into this. She does not win anything, but she is nominated with the Globes and with the Laurel Awards, which was a thing back then. In Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Sandy Dennis plays Honey, the slim-hipped, mousy wife to Nick, a young biology professor. And they are the evening guests of Nick's colleague, George, and his wife, Martha. And uh, much alcohol is had and tensions ensue. So how do you feel about Sandy Dennis and who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? So as a whole, I've never liked Sandy Dennis as an actress. She always, no matter what role she was playing, she seems very confused on why she's actually there. And I don't know if that was a personality trait or if that's how she was, but I'd never understood why people liked her as an actress. She just doesn't fit any profile for any role. Um, this included, I think she's the weakest link of the the uh, the quad uh, actors here. Um, she's so, I don't know if, I don't want to say like airheaded, but I guess that's like the only way I can describe my feelings towards her because I'm not saying she's dumb, but she just comes off very airheady. Um, she she really plays for the back of the room, and you can tell she's a stage actor. She probably did amazing on stage because stage actors have to play for the back of the room. I've said that before, but it does not translate well in film for her. Um, yeah, I, I I love Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. I think it's a great film, but she was always the weak link here. Um, the, I've seen this on stage. I've seen local productions of it. I mean, local actors are way better in this than she is. I don't know. I just, I don't like her in this. I don't have very nice things to say about her in this. She's, um, yeah, she's not good here. I don't, I don't think she's not good, um, but I can see why her sort of erratic performance doesn't really work for everyone. Of this quartet of performers, <clears throat> of characters, um, Honey is the one who is the most susceptible to the insane amount of alcohol that is being consumed. Uh, when this story begins, it's already like one in the morning and these people have already been out drinking and partying and conversing. And um, when Nick and Honey arrive at George and Martha's, it's closer to like two in the morning and the drinking continues. So when we first meet her, she's already like three sheets to the wind. And she's, you know, a small framed person, which they mention a few times in this movie. And, you know, uh, generally speaking, you know, smaller people tend to get a little bit more wasted with alcohol, especially if they haven't eaten. Um, of course, that's a general generality. Um, but here I think that's what's happening. She's also a character who seems to be going through a lot in her marriage, uh, in her personal life. And the alcohol is bringing a lot of that out, especially as George and Martha probe her and um, the truth starts spilling or versions of the truth. Um, so I really, I like Sandy Dennis's performance here. I think it works for what this movie needs um, she is sort of this little out-of-control ball of fire at times, and I think it works. Um, I'm sure there's other ways to play this character. Uh, this play has been around for decades, and it seems like once every 10 years it gets revived in New York. 
or somewhere else does a major production of it. And I'm sure there have been many different renditions of this character. But for these sort of borderline haphazard type of filmmaking that Mike Nichols is going for here with the um, harsh lighting and handheld stuff with Haskell Wexler shooting it, I think it really works. I think those two styles come together. And overall, I'd say it's a success, but I can understand why some people watching it would get really annoyed with Sandy Dennis. But on the whole, it works for me. Yeah, I could see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's I didn't like her from the first time that I saw it. I didn't like her from the second time I saw it. And I didn't like her when I revisited it again. I don't know. There's just something... She just rubs me the wrong way, if that makes any sense. But like I said, that's just me with Sandy Dennis in general. Like, come back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy, De- Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, uh, Parents, uh, whatever other movie she might have been in that I've seen. I don't know. She just always felt like she didn't belong. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This just feels like a wasted win to me, but that's just me. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with Sandy Dennis as a performer. I know I've seen her in things. I've seen movies that she's in. But if I were to say, like, if I were to talk about Sandy Dennis as a performer in general outside of this movie, I don't know what I would really have to say. I'm not super familiar with her uh, style, yeah. but um, I think for what this movie sets out to be, she fits um, Mike Nichols intent for what he needs honey to be. So um, I dig it. People love this one too. You know, Yeah, it's, it just makes me laugh because like of course like this is the popular one and then of course there's me where it's like this isn't shit (laughs) it's just it's you know it's a i think this is just a running gag for me at this point how do you feel about the movie as a whole i like the movie i think it's a lot of fun i actually this is a production on stage that i want to do so badly i wanted to do this forever um you know we'll talk more when we get to liz but um I will say I would love to, I would, this is actually one that I would love a remake of. And I know again, more when we get to Liz, but I know Kathleen Turner is not a fan of Liz Taylor's performance in this. She actually calls it, calls it one of the most hokiest performances she's ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see what Kathleen Turner did with this role. But if I got a remake of this and I was in charge of casting, you know who I would cast? Karen Black. Well, of course, Karen Black. But uh, actually, that would have been amazing. No, but uh, Courtney B. Vance and Angela Bassett. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Susan Tyrell just popped into my head as well. Oh, yep. That'd be great. I guess looking at this time, though, like if I were to... I don't know. If, if, if I were to recast this in the 60s with the Sandy Dennis role, who would I put in that role? Hmm. Um, you know Susanna what York what might work. You know who I'd put in that role? Liza Minnelli. Oh, that'd be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know what time period it would be. I suppose maybe the 90s, maybe? I don't know. Um, I saw Anthony Hopkins playing the George part in my head a few times. I think he would do some interesting things with it. Yeah. Uh, Richard Burton just generally gives me Anthony Hopkins vibes. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's their voice. I think they they have very similar ways of speaking sometimes. Maybe it's that. But, um, yeah, for some reason while rewatching this, I was picturing Anthony Hopkins in that part. 
I could see that. With maybe like Anne Bancroft as Martha. See, Bancroft would be really good here too. I, I think it'd be very tricky to miscast this and then you have Sandy Dennis. So I, I feel like I kind of like am being wishwashy with that comment, but I don't know. I just really don't like her. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I think we all have those actors who just for some yeah. reason just don't click with us as a whole yeah. and every performance just kind of irks us for no real reason, but for some reason it's true. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. Well, uh, next we have Wendy Hiller nominated for A Man for All Seasons. This is her third of three nominations, uh, previously having been up for Pygmalion in the 30s and separate tables in the 50s. She does not win anything going into this, but she is recognized with the Laurel Awards. In A Man for All Seasons, Wendy Hiller plays Alice Moore, the lioness wife of Sir Thomas Moore. So uh, how do you feel about uh, Wendy Hiller in Man for All Seasons? First of all, I had never seen this movie, movie before until watching it for the first time a couple of days ago. And I was surprised at how much I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fascinating. I think it's a great Best Picture winner um, for this decade. Um, and I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on the film as a whole. Now, Hiller's performance is intriguing. First of all, poor Susanna York for being such a bridesmaid up until they shoot horses, don't they? Because I realized, I was like, oh, she had Tom Jones, and then right after that she had this, and then, of course, they shoot horses, don't they? Like, she had a hell of a decade. Um, and then, of course, didn't become a nominee at all <laughs> until 1969. But um, with that said, um, I like what she's doing here, but the thing is that, like, and I've talked about this before, if you're going to have such a small role, you have to bring it in every scene. And she doesn't really bring anything to this role until the very last scene that she's in when she is saying goodbye to her husband in the jail cell. I mean, there, there's that moment there that you could tell is the quote-unquote Oscar moment. And for me, that's a little sad here because I like her, but it's not enough for me. Um, I, I think she really fits the piece. She fits the time period. She fits the role. Um, she's never not believable, but it's just, it's unfortunate that it's such a small moment of brilliance. And I think that's what got her nominated was that very last scene. How about you? Um, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I also like A Man for All Seasons. I was also surprised by how much I liked it. Um, this era of British history, I find very fascinating. The Henrys and the Edwards and all that. And, um... I think they should make a comeback in movies. Uh, I think a lot of these centuries ago history of Britain should come back in movies. I think uh, we need a revamp of all that. Mm -hmm. But Wendy Hiller, I think, is pretty good um, with what she has to work with here. Um, I think a lot of what you're saying is pretty true. By almost design, this character is sort of a slowly simmering pot on the back burner of this movie until she eventually boils over in the end. And that's sort of the nature of this character, being the wife of this important figure. Um, she, you know, to use a, a to, for lack of a better term, she knows her place for the most part. She doesn't always agree that she ought to remain in such place, but she doesn't often speak out and upstage uh, because it would be 
ahistorical of Wendy Hiller to do such a thing. So she's a character who you can kind of see, if you really zero in on her, this slowly building tension uh, that eventually erupts in that scene you mentioned where um, her husband is in the Tower of London and he's soon to be executed. Um, Wendy Hiller, I think, is doing some pretty marvelous work. Um, she's in it um, for every scene uh, that she's in. She might not be demonstrating how great of an actress she is in every scene, but again, I think that's due to the character she's playing. She's being very honest uh, to who Alice Moore perceivably was and how she would have behaved among these other men who have much more power and influence than she does. So um, even though she's not able to necessarily bring it in every scene, she does eventually show you who she is as a performer. And a lot of what you are seeing um, makes a little bit more sense leading up to that moment. I have a feeling this is a performance that might um, improve on a second viewing, having prior knowledge of where this movie is going and where this character ends up. You might be able to zero in on her and pinpoint some sort of micro reactions and gestures that she makes um, throughout. But on the whole, I'd say Wendy Heller's doing a pretty fine job with a role that um, sort of limits her at times, but gives her moments to flourish at other times. You have been listening to a clip from one of our Academy Queens bonus episodes. If you would like to hear all of this episode and the rest of our sensational bonus content, please prance on over to patreon.com slash academyqueens and join our queendom.